This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. It is The Big Show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Live from the warehouse here in Salt Lake, 1825 South 300 West. Price is so low it'll blow your mind. Good job by Austin on Sounds of the Week. Brought to you by Davis Vision, giving you 1,000 reasons to get rid of those contacts or glasses. That's $1,000 off LASIK. Start your road to better vision at davisvisionmd.com or call today, 801-253-3080. That is Davis Vision. Mentioned we're here at the warehouse. Stop on by, grab a sectional, adjustable bed. Clayton's uh, rolling out the deal on the nightstands. Pretty much, if you're looking for it, they've got it. They've got it here. You can take it home today at the best prices on the planet. The warehouse, 1825 South, 300 West. It's time for your daily assist. Let's get to it. Hit it, Austin. It's time for your NBA fix. This is the Big Show Daily Assist, featuring all the latest news and insight on the association. Now joining the Big Show, senior NBA writer for Sports Illustrated, Howard Beck, on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Happy Friday, Howard. How are you? Hey, guys. Doing well. How are you? Hey, we are doing great. Thanks, as always, for jumping on with us. Uh, day after the NBA trade deadline, who got better, Howard? Who got better? Um, <laughs> the, the Denver Nuggets, let's just start there since that kind of affects the team in your backyard. Um, the Denver Nuggets were definitely among the winners yesterday, getting Aaron Gordon, uh, as well as JaVale McGee, who's, you know, that, that, that's not a minor acquisition. I mean, he'll play off the bench, and obviously, you know, they're going to have most of their center minutes going to, to Mr. Jokic. But uh, having a, a really nice, experienced shot blocker, rebounder coming off the bench behind him is no small thing. But Aaron Gordon, obviously, is, is like the headline of the day and, and of the trade deadline. Uh, you know, I think people, you know, maybe aren't as high on him as, you know, as, from a fan standpoint as they once were because, okay, he spent a bunch of years in Orlando, never really broke out as a, a perennial star and couldn't lead the magic anywhere. But in this league, you know, context is everything, and his talent level is definitely clear. Um, as a playmaker, as a scorer, uh, we know the athleticism, we know the, the dunk contest uh, pyrotechnics, but, you know, he's not a, a leading man in this league. That's fine. You don't, not everybody is, is, is meant to be. He's a phenomenal third or fourth player, and on a team with Jamal Murray and Jokic and Michael Porter Jr. emerging, and uh, you know, a deep bench. Gordon's going to be a really impactful player there, I think. And also, he's a much more capable and committed defender at this stage than Michael Porter Jr., so it helps alleviate one of their biggest concerns. And he kind of replaces, in some regard, Jeremy Grant, who they lost in free agency over the summer, and whose departure might be one of the, you know, among the reasons, among the bigger reasons why they, they slumped a little bit this season. So um, the Nuggets, for sure. The Clippers getting Rondo is fine. I'm not as, as big on Rondo at this stage of his career as, as some people are. That, that that move didn't excite me that much, even though they have a serious, serious need at, at point guard, and, and that addresses it. Um, 
you know, aside from that, you know, a, a lot of just, you know, you know, minor moves and, you know, Orlando blowing themselves up, which I thought actually was the right thing. Um, you know, I like Portland picking up Norm Powell. Um, not not quite at the level of, of Aaron Gordon to Denver, but still a really nice move by them. So there's there's the basics. Oladipo to Miami, do anything for you? You know, Oladipo, it looks at a glance like you go, oh, he's averaging you know, like 25 and 5, or pretty, pretty close to 5 and 5. Um, but his efficiency is way off. And if you watch him, he's not the same player he was during his best years in Indiana. You know, he, he had the major injury and surgery, and he just hasn't been the same since. And maybe he still gets back there. But in Miami, look, um, it, that team is mostly about Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo and a really nice cast of, of players around them, some veterans like, you know, Ariza, who they picked up recently, and Iguodala, of course, the young guys, Duncan Robinson and T- Tyler Hero. And so, you know, that group um, was already pretty good with, without – any addition, they didn't give it much to get him. Getting you know, getting him for Kelly Olynyk and Avery Bradley was a steal. But what version of Oladipo will we see? Now the good news is they had they're they're so uh, well orchestrated there, and they've got enough talent that they don't have to rely on him, rely on him a lot. You know, he doesn't have to carry them. The same kind of thing is like you know, Aaron Gordon in Orlando, not not you know, not what you need. Aaron Gordon on the Nuggets. As a complimentary player, totally different. Oladipo was not going to save the Rockets, but Oladipo can certainly boost the Heat's championship hopes a little bit. We'll see. We'll see how he how well he fits in. That's a team that likes to move the ball, and Oladipo tends to dominate the ball. So let's see if he can adapt to the Miami Heat way right off the bat. Um, it, you know, I didn't mean to leave that out as a significant move by any stretch. Um, I'm just, I, I, you know, Oladipo where he is in his career at this point and health wise and uh, you know, is, is just makes him, I think a little bit less impactful to Miami than Aaron Gordon to Denver. Nevertheless, if they can get the best out of Oladipo, if they can nurse him through this, he's certainly a guy who can get you 20 on a given night and maybe take a little bit of, of the burden off of Jimmy Butler. Howard, the jazz have the Grizzlies uh, tonight. They have the Grizzlies tomorrow. Then they have Cleveland, and then the Grizzlies again. They have the Grizzlies three times in six nights. I guess two-part question. One, uh, your thought on kind of the unique nature of this year's schedule having that circumstance, and two, your thoughts on uh, how hard it will be to beat the Grizzlies three times. That's wild. I had no idea that wrinkle in the schedule existed. I wonder how many times this season that anybody is doing that. Um that is highly unusual. I mean, I knew this season, obviously, they're, they're getting teams to play, you know, twice in a row quite often to save on travel um, amid the pandemic. But three times in four games? Uh, <laughs> yeah. That's nuts. That's wild. Um, well, you know, uh, familiarity could breed contempt. So let's see if they're fighting by the end of this series. <laughs> and more important than that, of course, you know, you're, you, you get the chance to really – um, get to know an opponent just like you do in a playoff series and you scout them more and you can plot for them a little bit more and, and not, you know, not, not just, you know, wing it, you know, and during a more normal regular season, you're not tailoring your defense or your offensive strategies or anything to, to your opponent. Very, very rarely. You're, you're just doing what you do and hoping for the best. It's not until the playoffs usually that you really seriously game plan based on who you're facing. Three games out of four, I would imagine that Quinn Snyder and his staff are actually digging into it a little bit more. So that'll make things interesting, a little bit more of a chess match perhaps. It's also a team that 
conceivably the, the Jazz could be facing in a 1-8 matchup um, if the Jazz hold on to one and, and if the Grizzlies, you know, can lock up eight and they're they're right on the fringes there. So um, it'll be interesting. I mean, obviously they're they're a good team. They're a tenacious team. John Morant is, is spectacular. Um, and they're, um, you know, they're, they're that, that, that team that is looks like they're ready to break through. I don't know if they will this season as, as tough as the West is, but uh, you know, the, the Grizzlies are, are definitely a team on the rise. Howard, the Jazz are shooting 40% of their shots from three and they're hitting 40% of them. I heard Jeff Van Gundy during a broadcast the other day of a game of a jazz game say something about how he thinks that something needs to be done about this uh, preference for the three-point shot. What do you think of that, and do you think any changes are necessary? Yeah, and, and my friend Kevin Arnovitz at ESPN had a story a couple of weeks ago about just you know the proliferation of the three, the further proliferation, and and. You know, some people in the league thinking, you know, maybe it's time to, to find a way to rein it in somehow and, you know, consider new concepts. I mean, I, I don't think anybody really knows where this is going um, or, or when it's going to become too much. I know for some people it's already too much. Um, I'm not a big believer in introducing a four-point line, as people have kicked around. Uh, there's, you know, been proposals to, say, keep the arc – uh, consistent so that it eventually just cuts off at the sidelines instead of having those corner threes that are so easy to make and are, are, are much closer. Um, you know, widening the court is something that people kick around, but it's nearly impossible given NBA uh, seating, given the fan seating. You don't want to sacrifice any of those high-priced seats. So it's not if it's a problem, it's not a problem with any obvious solutions. Um, you're not going to take away the three-point line. Like they, they will just have a bunch of you know guys jammed up in the paint, and they'll be you know ugly and uh, not watchable. So um, I don't I don't know I don't know where the discussion goes. Um, did, did did Mr. Van Gundy have any great suggestions? Uh, I'm trying to remember what he's. I think he talked about eliminating the corner three because yeah. it's closer to the basket and. Yeah. And I don't know how you would do that. Just bring the arc straight into the sideline, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah, you basically would. You would just let it be consistent until it hits its natural endpoint based on, on its trajectory. And then, you know, uh, it, it'll be it'll be a little strange, you know, because, the, you know, the three, the three if you're if you want to be stationed at the three for spacing purposes, there's not there's going to be less real estate to be stationed at. So I imagine you won't do that. You'll put maybe a couple shooters out there, and you'll still stick guys in the corner, even though that's only a two-point shot. You know, Howard, the thing about that is anybody who has spent any time on a basketball court, you go out to that NBA three, it's a long way out there. And the fact that players are mastering this skill, is it's unbelievable to me. I mean, it, it, it's, a, it's a tribute to people going out and applying themselves to a situation that gains them an advantage. I what are you going to do? Move it back another three feet? I mean, I, I don't know. I and, and once you get into this mode, how difficult is it to change it when you like to have some historical comparison from one generation to the next about uh, what's good and what isn't? Yeah, it becomes tough that way. And, and look, you know, as you guys know, because it comes up every so often when we're talking, like comparing eras is impossible anyway. You know, a lot of things change. So 
it's not that you can't. Um, and they moved the line in, you know, the one season back in the in the nineties, and then they moved it back out again. I, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't think they'll go that route, because again, if you move, it's at whatever twenty two nine now, twenty three nine. What what is it? Twenty three um, nine around the 20, around right, the top. 20, yeah. Right, twenty three nine at its at its furthest distance. Go back to twenty four nine, but keep the corners. Now it's even now it's an even weirder arc, and and there's an even bigger gap in terms of difficult uh, degree of difficulty from the arc the real arc to the corner shots. So now, now you're really putting yourself under pressure to eliminate the corner shot entirely and, and have the arc just cut off at, at the sideline. So I don't know. It introduces a whole bunch of other issues, which is why they probably haven't addressed it. Howard, I wanted to ask you about LeBron and the Lakers real quick. Uh, LeBron gets that high ankle strain, which is certainly a, a serious injury, and we know what Anthony Davis has been dealing with. In your mind, is the Lakers just a, a scenario where as soon as they get those guys back, they'll be fine in the back-to-contender status? I mean, should we? Uh, do you think Laker fans should be concerned about the condition those guys come back in? What's your, what's your read on their current situation? Yeah, I tend to fall in the camp of, you know, relax everybody, they're still the most talented team and the team with the best chance to win a championship at full strength. But if LeBron is going to be out for, a, you know, another month or so, and I don't know when Anthony Davis is getting back, he'll, he'll presumably beat him back. But in the meantime, there's just not a lot of high level talent on that roster. I mean, it really is. This is the classic top heavy team that when you go all in for two superstars, you often don't have much to, to rest on when they're out. And, you know, they're 28 and 17 right now, which puts them only three losses up on the ninth place Grizzlies. So the possibility that by the time LeBron comes back, or the, by the time they have both LeBron and AD back, the possibility that they're now in, in play in range instead of in the, 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 the playoff bracket, I mean, it, it, that, that's on the table. It, it's very much in play that they will have to, you know, either fight their way back up the standings to try to get into the home court range, which is not that big a deal for them. They don't need home court. But it's more about, you know, avoiding the play-in. Because even if you're the seventh or eighth seed, so the, the, the seventh and eighth place teams have to lose twice to not make the playoffs. If you're ninth or tenth, you, you, you know, single elimination. I mean, that would be really bad. You know, if you're ninth or tenth, and I don't think the Lakers lose that play-in game as the ninth, tenth, but one one bad turn, like somebody, you know, LeBron turns an ankle, uh, somebody gets in foul trouble early. Something fluky happens. It's one game. I mean, suddenly you're not even in the playoffs. So if you're seventh or eighth, at least it's double elimination. But, you know, ideally, obviously, they would like to be at least sixth or higher. And as long as LeBron is going to be out, or what it appears he'll be out, I, like it's, it's, it's a very serious possibility that they are stuck in the play-in tournament in, in one spot or another. Howard, I now knight you the owner of an NBA team, okay? Uh, or, or, or the vice president of operate, whatever, whatever title you want. Uh, just stick and with you, owner. That, that means I've okay. got billions. That was, that was better. <laughs> and you're struggling. Your team is struggling. What is the best way to to build it back up? Is it what or you mentioned Orlando and what they're doing? Is is that what you would do? Would you do what? kind of what Chicago is doing and trying, I mean, Vucevic and all that, uh, trying to add talent. What's the best way to get from there to there? It depends on how far down you are and also how long you've been there. So 
you know, the Orlando Magic are a great example of a team that was on the so-called treadmill of mediocrity, a phrase that I believe was coined by Kevin Pritchard now with the Pacers, but, uh, well, he was with Portland years ago. And treadmill of mediocrity in the NBA is the team that's just good enough to every year chase the eighth seed, sometimes even be the eighth seed, and then get your, you know, you know, you, you know what knocked out of you in the first round. And you never get good enough to really climb up the standings. You're never bad enough to get a great draft pick. You're just kind of stuck there in the middle. You know, you're probably capped out. You've got good players but not great players. And that's exactly what Orlando was. I think it's one winning season they've had in the last nine, and that one winning season was exactly 42-40, and 40, like the lowest win total you could have as a winning team in an NBA regular season. And they made a couple playoffs, even with a losing record. Got lost, you know, obviously lost in the first round because that's what eight seeds do. And it was never going to get any better. I don't care what you, you know, the trajectory might be for Markel Fultz having saved his career or what Jonathan Isaac may turn into once he finally gets healthy. Though there's no best case scenario where their team as currently constructed was going to be really, really good. And Vooch is a nice all-star center, but he's not. He's not. He's an all-star, but he's not that kind of all-star. He's not the guy you build a team around. He'll be great for the Bulls. Again, context is everything. All of the players they traded yesterday, like Fortier, will be great for the Celtics, and Vooch will be great for the Bulls, and Aaron Gordon will be great for the Denver Nuggets. But collectively, they were no better than you know, at best, an eighth seed in the East. So blowing it up was the right way to go. Uh, turning those guys into a bunch of picks and a couple players giving themselves a chance to start over blank canvas and, you know, lose enough to have a higher draft pick. That's the way you got to do it sometimes. And it's not easy. It's easier to to do the blowing up part than it is the rebuilding part. Um, And it it can take years. I mean, you know, ask the Sacramento Kings who have been rebuilding for basically 15 years, but sometimes there's no choice, but to just tear it all down and and try a new path. And, And the key is whether you got enough good assets in return by tearing it down. Howard, thank you very much as always. Have a great weekend. Appreciate it, fellas. Take care. There you go. The great Howard Beck, senior NBA writer for Sports Illustrated. He also does a podcast with another one of our daily assist guests, Chris Mannix. Make sure and uh, check that out. They are uh, terrific. We're here at the warehouse, 1825 South, 300 West in Salt Lake. Speaking of terrific, Clayton jumps on with us once again. What's up, buddy? How are you guys? Good, man. How are you? We've been busy. Good. I'm glad listeners. It's been a good day. I'm glad they're taking advantage of it because this is really great stuff. Even better than usual because, you know, you like to show off. I am a kind of a show off. Someone was telling me, I don't know anything about any of these stuff, about like when you're married and when you're married. When you're born, I'm not married, so. When you're born in like your sign. Well, like uh, your. Uh, what is your that? zodiac yeah, sign. Yeah, uh-huh. So. I've been hanging out with this girl, and she was, like, telling me all about these Zodiac signs. So I was like, what? Way over your head? Yeah. It'll be over mine, too. Yeah. I just sell mattresses. What? <laughs> just try, Anyways, just try to move she was telling furniture. me how I'm an Aries, and Aries like to show off. I'm like, oh, makes sense. Well, I guess. So that fits in this case. So in the series of Aries, my birthday's coming up. Let's, let's, let's just review some of the deals that we've done and show off a little okay, bit. Okay, let's do it. We have the Clayton special. That's my Uncle Clayton. Uncle Clayton Special, which is the queen adjustable base that has the head-up, foot-up, Bluetooth compatible, the manufacturer warranty, all that awesome stuff. Usually, I sell that base alone. Mm-hmm. We do it $9.99. I'm doing, if you buy that base, I throw in the free mattress. And this is a 14-inch memory foam top mattress, five-zoned 
hybrid incredible mattress. mattress. So you're getting you're getting a base adjustable queen base and a mattress at the price of just the base. While supplies last. Unbelievable deal. And this is the the Cadillac of adjustables too. All the bells and whistles. All the bells and whistles. It do, this one doesn't have massage, but you know, you can tell your phone to move it up and down. It's pretty you good. You can tell your phone, "Hey Siri, move my head up, move my foot up." Pretty awesome. That's the Uncle Clayton special. All right. We have the Alley special. Okay. Which is a step down on the base, but it's still an awesome base. It's a queen adjustable head up only base, and I'm doing seven ninety nine on your choice of three mattresses that I have here on display up at the front of the store. Wow. That's the Alley mattress. If you have a queen size bed and you want an adjustable base, I'm the best deal in the country. Seven ninety nine. And if you get the the memory foam gel infused, I'll do it for five ninety nine. While supplies last. I got three of those. Unbelievable. That's the alley deal. Okay. Okay. And now I'm going to talk to you about a little special me and my little brother are doing starting tomorrow and Sunday only. Okay. So any of our listeners who need a California King or King mattress tomorrow, I've got 65 mattresses I have to blow out by April 8th. That means mattresses starting at 199 Tomorrow and Sunday, while supplies last. I'm bringing a lot of people in. I'm, I'm, I'm throwing it up on my social media. We're, we're throwing it up on Facebook Marketplace. Tons of people are going to come in. If you need a King or Cal King mattress, it's the best deal we're, you're ever going to see. Mattress starting at $199. Come in and see us starting tomorrow. That's me and Christopher. That's me and Christopher's deal. I Boom. am floored. Yeah. $199? For $199 for a mattress. Uh, that is... I mean, anybody who's been out there shopping for a mattress before is going, wait, what? Did I hear that right? Trust me, if you haven't shopped for a mattress in a while, that is like that is like a fraction. Come in and see us. Did. We'll show you what the deal is all about. And uh, like I said, we got to get rid of all those mattresses before April 8th. So while wow. supplies last. 199 starting at 199 That's amazing. All right. Thank you, Clayton. You're the best. Thank you, guys. 1825 South, 300 West. It is The Warehouse. We'll have more of The Big Show coming up next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Utah's highest-rated, most-listened-to sports radio afternoon show. This is The Big Show, presented by Big O' Tires. Stop by your locally-owned Big O' Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O' Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone, live today from the warehouse, 1825 South, 300 West. Price is so low, it'll blow your mind. Come take advantage of it at the warehouse. All right, uh, we've got an open segment here, Gordo. I understand you have a couple more uh, items on the list you would like to uh, examine. Yeah, I just heard that uh, during that uh, commercial break that Ryan of the Dish Pros had been in Costa Rica. Have you guys, you guys ever been to Costa Rica? That's a negative. It's good to be Ryan from the Dish Bros. I mean, I've, I've been uh, as far south as Tijuana. So now. Ah, TJ. <laughs> the happiest place on earth. It, it was a good day. It's an old Simpsons joke there. <laughs> but anywho, Gordon, have you been to Costa Rica? 
I've never been to Costa Rica. I know a lot of people that have been there, and they they say it's a good place to go. But I've, right. I've never I've never been there. All right, uh, this uh, this ship was that on the list, or did you just this, want to throw? No, that I in just there? I okay. just heard you say that, with right. Ryan, and I thought, well, I've never been to Costa Rica. I wonder if you guys have been there. <laughs> okay. I, well, I knew Austin hadn't because I knew that he had. I'm poor. His, yeah. His ex- <laughs> I don't go I to vacations it's... where it includes butlers. Yeah. No, I no, I knew I I knew that your most exotic trip had been to Tijuana. Okay, go ahead. Um, so I figured you hadn't been down that way, but I wasn't sure about uh, about Jake. All right, this ship that's been stuck in the Suez Canal that we have uh, talked about uh, over the past few days, apparently, this is a real problem. I mean, it's costing billions and billions of dollars because ships can't get in and out of there or through there. And that's a big, big deal. It's one of the busiest uh, shipping lines or or canals, I guess, in the world. And here's I saw this story, and I don't know if this is a joke or if it's true, but it said that that ship, which is one of the biggest ships in the world that's stuck in the canal, uh, might trigger a toilet paper shortage because of a lack of wood chip shipping containers. That wouldn't surprise me. I mean, those sorts of logistics, uh, <laughs> it's pretty its pretty complex, actually. It's pretty amazing the way the world works. But, yeah, I could see something like that absolutely affecting the uh, supply chain. As you mentioned, I mean, billions of dollars worth of goods probably pass through there on a daily basis. Uh, here, here's my problem with it, though. I mean, if the world... Uh, first of all, toilet paper shortages are, are just bad news for everybody, right? We've been through that, right? But if one ship getting stuck can 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 cause this kind of problem, aren't we a little too fragile? Um, I would say no. I mean, if you think about it, the, the, the fact that they have canals like that is just pretty amazing. I mean, imagine if you wanted to, uh, back in the good old days, if you wanted to ship uh, something from New York to L.A., they had to go all the way around Cape Horn. Isn't that what it's called yeah, I, the, what, at the bottom yes, of South America? Yeah. Isn't that right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. so it's those sorts of like the Panama Canal, those sorts of things. Not only are they uh, an awesome example of modern engineering, uh, but, uh, yeah, they, they've made the world go in a lot of ways. So I don't know about fragility. I think it's pretty amazing that it's a thing, actually. Can't we just get, like, uh, a bunch of butter down the sides of that thing and, and push? I think they should just sink it. They're <laughs> digging out. They're trying to dig it out, uh, you know, with the bulldozers and yeah, stuff like that. Austin's an arrested development guy. Uh, <laughs> I know Johnny is. They should blow it up like the Where the there was a yacht, <laughs> now, now there, there is, is not. <laughs> It just blow up the ship, like that, like that whale that washed ashore. And where was that, Washington or Oregon or whatever? Yeah. There where was there a, was a whale, <laughs> it's now gone to hell. Nice. Yeah, let's just blow the ship up. I think that's, I think that's the solution. <laughs> well, pack, it, I, pack I, it full of explosives and then hit it with a torpedo and see what happens. Oh, I want that job. Absolutely. This ship is like uh, uh, over a thousand feet long. I mean, it, it, I mean, it, that would take a whole lot of explosive. Absolutely. I think so. we have enough. Yeah. Uh, Let's hit it with like a tomahawk do? What are you going to do? You going to nuke it? Yeah, call up North Korea. They owe us. <laughs> All I can say is this. This thing being stuck, causing a toilet paper shortage, 
I only have one thing to say, oh, and that no. is that uh. ship happens. I like it that we were all groaning before that <laughs> joke even started. Johnny even here was like, what's next? I don't know how. Get the Suez Canal some fiber, if you know what I mean. Since we're getting goofy here, did you guys see that, uh, what's this model's name? Is it Chrissy Teigen? Teigen. 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 Is she the one from Delta? Uh Yes. Well, apparently... (laughs) She has discovered that there's just too much negativity out there uh, in the Twitter world. And so she has deleted her Twitter account. She announced that she was going to do it, and by golly, she's doing it. Too much negativity out there. How we... How are we going to get by, Austin? Can we get by? Are we going to get by without Chrissy? Uh, I'm checking with the judges. Yeah, we're fine. Now, is it just specifically Twitter, or is she getting rid of all social media? That I, I thought it was Twitter, but it, it could be more. I'm not sure about that. Do you guys think, are you fed up with the negativity on Twitter? And, and have you ever considered uh, bailing out of that, that world? Oh, yeah. I don't uh, uh, care that much for social media. Uh, Twitter, see, Twitter is helpful with our job, though. So yes. I don't know if I've ever gotten fed up with Twitter, because it is helpful with what we do for a living in a variety of different ways and including information gathering where it kind of puts everything in one spot for you. So I haven't really considered that, but overall, I think, yes, social media uh, tends to be a bit of a cesspool. Pretty negative. The other day, Austin made, forgot to put possibly one word into a tweet and you got barraged with uh, criticism, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it wasn't anything extremely personal. There have been a few times where I've I've chosen to block people on on social media just because we reach a point where they're it's it, it's a toxic relationship. I'm no good to them, they're no good to me, and I don't need to block the whole world, but they definitely don't need to have access to me. I don't yeah, know if okay. it's helpful to let the whole world have access to you at a given moment at any time. You know what I mean? Like, think yeah. about think about life pre, uh, prior to social media. You know, let's say you really didn't like Scott Bakula. There was no way, no conceivable way that you could tell Scott Bakula what, how you really felt about him. But in today's day and age, you know, you could tweet the meanest thing you could think of at Scott Bakula, and there's at least a chance he's going to get it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he'll, he'll at least he or someone – Really close to him that manages that for him. We'll yeah. see those ugly things. Like, yeah. like the wing nuts just have way too much access to discourse. Looking at you, Jim Stedman. No, just kidding. <laughs> Not our listeners, of course. Actually, our listeners, even when they disagree, I think for the most part, our <laughs> listeners keep it fairly civil. Uh, yeah. We, we had one incident a, a few years ago where it, it spiraled out of control with the Twitter mob for a little while. But for mm-hmm. the most part. I think it's it's fairly civil, but yeah, I, I think social, Jim would laugh at that. By the way, I hope I he, think would. he would. Yeah. Oh, he totally would. But I I think you can make all sorts of arguments that social media has actually been really unhelpful uh, in our society. So so explain something to me on this, because some of the things that I see sent out in in that in that world, uh, people would never say to somebody to their face. So this is something we've we've considered before, but what is it about this particular mode of communication that 
liberates people to be so damn mean? Oh, because they're not there. Because they're not in person. They're often so, anonymous. So, I mean, there, there's so all you're, sorts of... you're so you're more courageous and more uh, sort of aggressive and uh, irresponsible because you're sitting at a desk in front of a computer or a phone on a phone as opposed to being in the direct proximity. Because it's amazing to me how many people, through my years, I've seen an awful lot of stuff who say things that I don't think they would say in person oh, no, no, or no. nothing Here. even close to that. And so why, why, and I'm talking about we as the human race, why do we do that? I can't explain it to you, Gordon, but it, I'll, I'll tell you this here back way back in my, uh, uh, you know, uh, intern slash producing days when I used to answer a lot of phone calls when when we used to take a lot of phone calls on uh, on sports radio, it, you know, people would call up and talk to me. Right. They, they talk to me like, hey, you know, the zone, what do you want to talk about? Oh, put me through to that moron Monson that this and this and that bleep, bleep, bleep. I'm going to give him a piece of my mind. All right. Hold on. We'll get to you. And they go, next up, you know, let's go to the caller. Oh, Gordon, my, dude, that last column was just, oh, I just, it was just amazing. It changed my life. I, I can't tell you enough nice things. I just have this little, little bit where I disagree with you. You know, it, it, it was amazing how when, this is even on the phone, right? When confronted with the actual person, how all of a sudden tones and, and being polite and those sort of things change, uh, change. I don't know how to explain it per se other than it's been a real thing for a while but social media just takes it to the nth degree right yeah it's 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 kind of discouraging from a standpoint of are people really that angry uh is this, no it's just is easy. this is this a reflection of what they really feel but when they're in the presence of somebody they 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 keep a cap on it there or is and this is really the truth or is this a distortion of what they're really feeling you know, I, I, I don't, well, I don't it's know also, the answer to it's, that. It's also reacting in immediately, like you can do it immediately. How many times in your life, Gordon, have you been really mad at something, but after you took a step back and kind of thought about it for a second, go, you know what, this isn't worth getting worked up over. You know, imagine if when in that moment when you're so upset about it, all of a sudden with no explanation or no context or whatever, you could just express your opinion and uh, uh, right away and send it out to whoever is listening. I mean... It's just it's a different way to, to communicate. It's super reactionary, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Well, I uh, I love discussion and slash arguments. I mean, I don't mind having an argument with somebody as long as, you know, I mean, I don't want to get it too far out of hand. But but sometimes I see the interactions online and I, I, I shake my head that it's it's not nuanced. It's not particularly sophisticated. It's just me yelling at you. And you yep. yelling back at me. I know. Which, I, I, if I'm going to do can't. it to you, I'm at least going to do it, to, you know, over the radio. <laughs> if you're well, going to call me, if you're going to tell me that I have a loser's mentality, at least you're going to do it <laughs> when, when you're actually talking to me. And if you're going to say to me, why would anybody be interested in that? Then, you know, you would rather do it to me. Uh, I, I did. To me, uh, Right, right here on this show. Yeah, see, this why is would why we, anybody possibly care about this? This is why we get get along so well, Gordon. Because we, you know, we're not afraid to to pull punches. <laughs> Communication even if it, is even if it brings uh, us to tears from time to time. If I was going to give advice to any any couple out there, regardless of the makeup, whether you're married, girlfriend, boyfriend, 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 girlfriend, girlfriend, husband, wife, 
uh, husband, husband, wife, whatever the combination is, the number one thing that is most important, two things, most mm-hmm. important, most important in, in, in making things work. Number one, Jake, communication, right? No, I totally number disagree, two. but what's number two? <laughs> <laughs> no, number two. Well, there's a tie for number two. Uh, the first so part is actually trust. three things? Yeah, this is yeah, getting I a guess. long list here. I don't know. Uh, yeah, what, what is trust? And the other is commitment. So there you have it. But Did you read that in a Hallmark store recently? Yeah, no, I made that. I made that up on my own, and what? and it's been, that's out of forty years of marriage, you know. So I mean that that's uh, that's just the way it is. And uh, so like communication a cat poster is, to me. Communication is good, but can you imagine if a married couple communicated back and forth the way and took the tone that we see in social media? Communication. <laughs> How would that go? Communication, trust, and commitment. Isn't that like saying? Uh, you know, my best advice for anybody who drives a car is to turn it on, press the gas, and turn the wheel. Now, there are other things, too. <laughs> All right, stay tuned. We're way over. <laughs> We're at the air, well, warehouse, Jerk. 1825 South, <laughs> 300 West. We'll have more next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Will you who shut is up, your man? Check this out. And now, your not sports report on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Yeah! It's a big show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Keith Smith, our good friend, uh, is going to join us at the top of the 5 o'clock hour. We're live at the warehouse, 1825 South, 300 West. We'll talk to Clayton in a moment, but let's get to the Not Sports Board. Brought to you by the LHM Used Car Supermarket. Over 1,000 used vehicles in inventory. Shop online, lhmusedcars.com. Gordon, where are we going today? I got two things real quick. The first one is I've been on a little bit of a name kick for over the last little while on the Not Sports Report. But I read a story about a woman who is really, she's pregnant, and she's about to deliver, and she's angry because one of her best friends just named her cat the name that she had chosen for her baby to come. Okay. So is that, uh, two questions about that. One, is that uh, is that somehow uh, uh, bad form? Wait, today, so she named her kid after her cat? No, the, the, her friend named her cat the name that she's planning on giving her newborn. It's <laughs> oh, uh, a great I, prank. And the name I is guess. Isla. Okay. Well, I mean, I guess this is America. You can name your cat whatever you want. I, I just, you know, now, now that kid and the cat are going to have something in, in common. But I, I, I just don't know about, you know, pet names. That's an interesting process to go through, you know. Uh, what a, what, what's the name of the news source on that story? <laughs> hey, don't question my sources on this. I'm not. I'm not. I just, I just, just want to know just, so I could never read that ever. This was a foreign newspaper. But, uh, okay, so, uh, okay, here's the other thing. Like, okay, real quick, tell me the names of your pets growing up. I didn't have very many. Our pet dog when I was little was Loggins. Ooh, oh, I like okay. that. Yeah. Uh huh. <coughs> Named for the musician? 
Yes, named after the musician. Okay. Right. What else would it be named after? Uh, I don't know. Austin? Uh, Abby was our Shih Tzu. We had Freckles, our Mutt. Uh, we had Jackie, the Dalmatian. We had uh, Fireball and Fireball 2, the Beta Fish. Who came up with those names? I had Twixley, the, the Bunny Rabbit. <laughs> Twixley. We had a, you know, we had a bunny rabbit once when the kids were younger. Are you going to top my bunny and, rabbit? And, and, yep. and, I, and I can't remember exactly. what its name was, but we had it out in the backyard, and it was in a cage, but the cage didn't have a roof on the top. And I think I think some big old crow or something or some sort of bird flew down there and killed it. Or, you know, like a coyote or a mountain lion or something. He just <laughs> left like a like a snack out back for it. Yeah, you hang up some bacon in the backyard. I'm going to get it. What do you mean some sort of bird? That's not some sort of bird. There's not a pterodactyl around anywhere. Maybe, I guess there's some hawks up there. First of all, we didn't have a mountain lion roaming around in our backyard, I don't think. So, it, it, and the, the the cage was fairly sturdy, but the, the up above was the only entrance in. So, you think we had a, like a cougar jumping over our fence into our backyard? Yeah. I don't think it's a crow. <laughs> well, some sort of bird of prey. All right. Okay. Here's the other story. Uh, by the way, I like I've, I've said this before on the show and I'm going to stick by it. I like human names for, for a dog or a cat. I, I always that just strikes my funny bone. I don't know why. Just like name your dog Bill. Or Gordon. That, that's funny. That's funny. Don't you think? Just because I've heard that take so many times, if I ever get a dog, it's going to be Fluffy or something. It's going to be <laughs> Rover or Spot or something like that. Hey, radio's not linear. All right, here's the second story. A dude named Nick Slatten had a bit of good luck, bad luck, and then good luck again. Now, luck is a is an ongoing theme on our show because Austin has none of it, right? Yeah. Well, I, I this this is this is a twist of fate uh, that I wanted to run by you. Apparently, Nick he bought a lottery ticket that hit for one point one million dollars. All right, good luck so far. The next day, he was running errands. And he lost the ticket. So now he he panicked and he retraced his steps from earlier in the day. He went everywhere he had gone. And one of the places he had gone was to an auto parts store. So he went back to the auto parts store and he couldn't find it in the store but he went out in the parking lot and scoured the entire parking lot, and he found the ticket sitting right next to a car that was parked out there. So he had great luck, bad luck, great luck again. He, and, and I'd say that he's double lucky now. I mean, he must be the luckiest man around. I mean, two times in a row? Good to be that guy. Yeah. Why was it just like floating around his life? If you win a million dollars, don't you, like, swallow it? So it, Well, no, that would be a bad idea. 
I think well, he found yeah. out about it. <laughs> he, he didn't know, and then he found out about it when he had the ticket with him. I'd staple it to my forehead or something. <laughs> he had it in his pocket, and I guess he somehow it fell out. But, man, can you imagine that feeling, knowing that you'd won over a million dollars, and now you lost the ticket, and you're not sure you can find it? That must have been the most panicky uh, few uh however long it took him to find it uh, that he could imagine. Well, that dude should come on down here to the warehouse. 1825 South, 300 West. I can't imagine what he could get uh, for a million bucks. I mean, uh, you could furnish several homes. You could. Like a hundred homes for that kind of dough. I mean, I'd rather buy a house and then I'll furnish it and Airbnb it out. There you go. Clayton (laughs) jumping on with us once again, hooking everybody up, giving great deals to our listeners. Hey, Speaking of that whole social media thing, it's funny that you guys were talking about that last segment because I got a – I mean, you know, Jake, I do a bunch of stuff in Spanish down South America. Yeah. I got canceled, whatever that means. Oh, really? Gnarly, man, for the last – it was like two days ago. So it's just so funny how – yeah, the access to people and the things that they can say. Pretty nuts. Social media is so controversial. But, hey – if you use it for good, you can do a lot of cool stuff. I've had a lot of fun. Yep. No question, a question for you, Clayton. When you say you got canceled, what does that mean? Just because of the color of my skin and that I um, – well, this is tricky to talk on the radio. I don't know. Uh, because I, I, I'm from Utah and I speak Spanish on my social media that I'm a, a, appropriating culture. Oh. And I became a Peruvian citizen and so – I mean, there were some arguments there about some things, but at the end of the day, it's just, just for me, it's all about good vibes and love, man. I love anybody and everybody. I'm, my whole platform, everything's always accepting of everyone. So that's a good way to go. Usually, is the best. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's move some furniture, shall we? Please. <laughs> yeah, let's do that. Um, I wanted to talk about um the the nightstands we did we had a customer come in took two of those nightstands Sweet. with the two drawers and the little space on top yeah. the gray one solid wood those are awesome they're moving fast when i talked about when we did the last time we did the deal um we did the white ones we moved those in one day we've already had uh two customers come in and take four of them so i only have um five in a box and the floor model so i only have six left so they're going solid wood nightstands they're they're gray they're like a little gray with a black accent they have two drawers and a little space a little shelf space on top um i also wanted to uh, go over again the really nice upholstered bench that we have i like that bench that thing's smooth it's cute and and you know you could throw that in your living room you could throw it in the dining room even in the bedroom um Kind of like you said, you're way better at explaining things than I am. I don't know about that. Jake, you said it was kind of mid-century. Got a little mid-century modern going to it, yeah. It's, it's upholstered and has like little diamond, it's like a diamond button yeah. kind of thing going on. We have it marked at 359 I'm doing it, forget it, let's do it, 259 Oh, even lower than we're gonna before. Do, we're going to go $100 less. Look at you. And we got three of them left. Okay. Come in and see us. A lot of customers have come in. A, a really cool customer that's been with us forever, forever came in, um, asked about my dad. It was really cool to connect with him. We got a cool, we got a, we have a customer in right now who 
Remember when I talked about being a huge Cardinals yeah, fan? Yeah, he's a Cardinals fan, yep. Watching Mark McGuire when I was a kid. I so love our listeners, man. They're the best. They are, it is. It's a really cool community. We've built this little niche that we found on Sports Network selling beds. It's so great. I, hey. I really appreciate it, and I just want to say thank you to, to the show, thank you to the guys, and thank you to the listeners because we really do appreciate all of you guys. So come and see if you need some furniture. We sports fans love to be comfortable, and we love our sleep. You should. Everybody needs yeah, it. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. All right, check it out. 1825 South, 300 West, The Warehouse. Clayton, thank you, sir. Thank you, guys. All right, uh, Keith Smith, our good friend, joins us next. Talk NBA, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.